Okay, welcome back to Top Cheddar Sports, and more specifically, the Brett and Spencer show starring Brett and Spencer. I am Brett, I am joined today by Spencer, who is currently on a vow of silence until the Cardinals give up less than five runs in a game. Um, So, you know, they're playing right now as we're recording this, so if that game wraps up, hopefully, you know... uh, We'll hear from Spencer, but until then, I will keep this brief. Uh, we don't have a ton to go over, but there are a few things I want to touch on. So, Spencer, I'm going to start with hockey um, to buy some time for the Cardinals here. So, starting with the NHL, a um, couple notes here. First off, Thatcher Demko and the Vancouver Canucks agreed to a five-year extension that pays him $5 million per season. I thought this was such a good deal. Um, and, you know, Thatcher Demko, if you know me, you know, he's a guy I've always loved since he played in college. It's great to see him finally get rewarded. He's really played well for the Canucks over the past couple seasons. And, um, you know, that's kind of a win-win contract in my mind. I think, I think it's the right value and it's, it's a good term given his age and, uh, you know, he's still a young guy. So I really, really like that. And when you look at, you know, what the Canucks could have ended up paying Markstrom, which was six by six. That's what the Flames gave him. This is obviously a steal as uh, Demko, in my opinion, is a better goalie than Markstrom to begin with. And so you get him at one mil less per season contract, which is the same as Markstrom's. Again, you got to like this deal for the Canucks. Um, But I'm a little biased because I do like Thatcher Demko a lot. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid both got fined $5,000 for um, different instances. This is the maximum amount of fine you can get. Uh, McDavid laid a dirty, late, high elbow. Uh, Not sure why he even did it. You know, it was kind of random. But, um, yeah, that wasn't good. And then Nathan McKinnon threw his helmet, well, threw Connor Garland's helmet at his face. Uh, in, in a scrum, <laughs> you know, I'm sure McKinnon was just trying to give him his helmet back and be a good guy. Uh, but no, he, he, he two hand, two handed under, underhanded, two handed, two underhanded it with two hands towards his face. Um, Connor Garland, you know, luckily got his hands up, but that was, yeah, that you got fined for that. You can't do that. You can't do that, Nate Mack, Paddywhack. Come on. Um, so, uh, the Vancouver Canucks also, uh, have major COVID issues right now, and it's a little scary because it's the Brazil variant of COVID that has started their outbreak. This obviously a much, uh, stronger and more dangerous Uh, variant of COVID, which is now spreading through Canada. Um, This was brought in by a traveler, apparently, who had been in Brazil and came back to Canada. How they allowed this, uh, I don't know, but it's a really scary thing because uh, this, like I said, this this has been having worse effects on people aged 20 through 40. I know this is a sports podcast, but just to give a little background... um, so this is a very scary variant, and uh, 14 Vancouver Canucks players have it, as well as a few coaches. Um, and so they, they have been given a week off just to 
deal with this and handle this. Uh, but this is certainly a very scary situation as, um, you know, COVID didn't go away, everyone. COVID is still very much a thing. Um, and it's something to to be taken seriously. So just, you know, hoping the Canucks get better soon and it will be interesting once they are able to play again how they kind of handle the schedule as uh, they've already missed time at, at the beginning of the season due to COVID and now uh, obviously another week. It's a significant amount of time to lose. So, um, But the most important part, hopefully they all are, you know, getting healthy and we can move past this and it doesn't spread too much to other places. Mm. Next, uh, the Buffalo Sabres matched the NHL record for uh, winless streak, at least in the salary cap era, at 18 games without a win. They broke that, uh, beating the Philadelphia Flyers. So congratulations to Buffalo. They do not hold... They do not uh, have a, what's the word I'm looking for? Spencer, help me out. A, uh, they share it. They don't have their sole possession of the record, we'll say. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, yeah, they don't have sole possession of the record, so they do share it now. But um, it was pretty incredible because when their streak was at 17 games, uh, they were up 3 nothing to the Flyers and blew it. Uh, three nothing heading into the third and blew it and lost in overtime. Um, then they went up three nothing in this other game, and uh, the Flyers actually scored to make it three to one. So you thought, you know, oh, here we go again. Uh, but no, they hung on. They won six to two, beating the Flyers, snapping their streak. So congrats to them. And then the last bit of news I have for the NHL is uh, there's been a lot of college free agents signing uh, in the league. Some notable ones, Shane Pinto foregoes his uh, senior season at North Dakota, signs with the Ottawa Senators. They obviously had his rights. Jake Sanderson, who they just took in last year's draft, uh, decided to return to North Dakota for his sophomore season. So he will be back at North Dakota. Um, Spencer Knight, who I've talked about, (laughs) and Spencer, you make fun of me, uh, and, and Victor both for this, but... Uh, Spencer Knight, who I talk about quite frequently, he signed with the Florida Panthers, his three-year entry-level deal, uh, which kicks in this season. This I was surprised with. Uh, He was just a sophomore. I thought he would at least play his junior season at Boston College, especially given uh, their disappointing end to the season. But he forgoes his junior and senior year and will start out in the AHL this year. Um there's been a lot of talk now. What are the Panthers going to do? Because they obviously have Chris Dreiger, who's having a career season, and Bobrovsky right now. So they have a good goalie tandem. Dreiger is a free agent at the end of the year. So there's a lot of talk the Panthers could slash should trade him. Um, and I initially thought, yeah, why not? You know, get what you can for the guy before you inevitably lose him in free agency. Because no matter what, whether the Panthers want him back or not, they're not going to retain him this offseason. He's having a career season, so he's driving his value up. And some other team is going to outbid the Panthers for him, even if they want him back. So he's going to be gone no matter what. But just the more I'm in the boat of you keep him because he's having a career season, which is as much of a reason to keep him as it is to trade him while his value is high. 
Uh, but I would keep him because Bobrovsky is a guy that has a history of injuries and, you know, it would be a shame to trade Dreiger and then have Bobrovsky go down for the year and have to lean on Spencer Knight, who's incredible, don't get me wrong, but he's not ready, especially for playoff hockey, I don't think. Uh, that'd be a really difficult situation to throw him into. So I would prefer, I think, if I'm Florida, to keep Dreiger as that insurance policy uh, for the postseason. But that's just me. But that'll that's something to watch as the NHL trade deadline is uh, coming up in about a week. There's going to be a lot of movement here, and so we'll have a lot to talk about, I'm sure, next week in regards to the trade deadline. But something to watch for there. Um, other notables, Odin Tufto, who was second in the nation in scoring this year. Uh, he was a senior from Quinnipiac. He signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning, a two-year deal. Um, that doesn't start till next year though. So I'm not sure exactly. I'm a, I, I don't think he's even reporting to their AHL team this year. He'll just, uh, be in his off season and then join the team next year. Adam Scheel, North Dakota's goaltender foregoes his senior year and signs with the Dallas stars. I thought that was an excellent signing. He is, um, going to be joined by his teammate, Jordan Kawaguchi, who I've talked about in length on, on Twitter, um, this was a guy who somehow went undrafted. He was the captain of North Dakota. Phenomenal, phenomenal hockey player. Really smart player. Can put the puck in the net. Another excellent signing for the Dallas Stars. Uh, Kawaguchi and Shield both to Dallas. And then I think the last notable college free agent is Cam York. Um, he foregoes his junior and senior year at Michigan to sign his three-year contract with the Philadelphia Flyers, who had drafted him in 2019. Um, good chance you see Cam York and uh, Cole Caulfield, who I think I mentioned last week, but Cole Caulfield also went his junior or senior season at Wisconsin to join the Canadians. Good chance you see both Cam York and Cole Caulfield um, this year at the NHL level, if I were to put money on that. Everybody else... Probably not. Uh, Shane Pinto, I guess, has a chance to crack the Senators lineup as well. But uh, those would be the only three I would see you maybe have a shot with. And then to wrap up hockey, I'm almost done, Spencer. To wrap up the NHL, uh, not the NHL, I just wrapped up the NHL. To wrap up hockey, uh, the Frozen Four is April 8th. Uh, and then the championship game is on April 10th. That uh, is this coming week. Yes, that's Thursday. No, yeah, Thursday and Saturday, I believe. Um, tickets are sold out. I have been trying and checking every day to get tickets, uh, as it is in Pittsburgh, which is where I reside. And uh, no luck for me so far. So if everybody could, you know, just keep, you know, positive vibes that I can find tickets, that'd be great. I really want to go to the championship game. But... um the Euro Frozen Four is, I touched on this briefly last week, but just to give a more in-depth preview, you have UMass facing Minnesota Duluth. This is probably one of the most anticipated Frozen Four matchups that we've had in a while, as Duluth has won back-to-back -back national titles. They're going for their third straight, and the team they beat in the last national championship was UMass. Uh, so you get a rematch of the 2019 final. UMass has been lights out defensively of late. Uh, they were one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament, and they've just continued. Philip Lindbergh is playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, 
He's a D. I believe he's Detroit's prospect. I think the Red Wings have Philip Lindbergh. Don't quote me on that though. I'm drawing a blank. I'm pretty sure it's Detroit. But um, yeah, once his season ends, I definitely expect him to probably sign with Detroit and start his pro career as well. But he has been lights out for UMass and Net. He's been fantastic. And Duluth, obviously coming off that five-overtime thriller against North Dakota, they're just such a good tournament team in recent years. Uh, that's going to be such a good game. Uh, your other matchup is Minnesota State versus St. Cloud State. This is also fun. Minnesota State, uh, they won their first ever tournament game finally in the first round and then defeated Minnesota in the last round to get to the Frozen Four. Really good win against Minnesota. That was, obviously, they were the one seed. That was a really, really good team. Um, So they're looking good. St. Cloud uh, also looking excellent. They defeated Boston College and Spencer Knight. Uh, to get to the Frozen Four. So this is going to be a fun matchup. These two teams, uh, this is St. Cloud's second ever Frozen Four appearance and Minnesota State's first, obviously, ever. Um, so two teams that don't get here often, so they're going to they're gonna be putting it all out there. It's also interesting, this is the first time we've had three Minnesota schools in the Frozen Four. Uh, I'm sorry, just the second time ever. No, no, this is the first time ever. That we have had that. Three of the four teams are Minnesota teams. Uh, so just a fun little fact there. But both these games will be fantastic. If I had to pick... Um, I'm not... I picked against Duluth against North Dakota. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop doubting them. I'll take Duluth over UMass. Although UMass, I th- I th- uh, UMass matches up so well against them. Like, that game really is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to watch it. It'll probably be low scoring, but it'll be fun. And then uh, the St. Cloud-Minnesota State game. I'll take. I'll keep rolling with St. Cloud. I had St. Cloud as the Frozen Four team before the tournament started. This is the only one of these four <laughs> Frozen Four teams I got correct. Um, and I'll keep riding with them. I, 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 think, I think they'll beat Minnesota State. I originally had them losing to Minnesota in the Frozen Four, but I will take them here. But... They'll be fun games. And I'm finally done talking about hockey. Um, The Cardinals are still going on, so I'll just keep it going, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers will be hosting Jeopardy this week, (laughs) to touch on the NFL briefly. Um, that was pretty random, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know about you, Spence, uh, but I personally don't think he's a very funny person, and I don't think he, uh, is very, uh, charismatic, so I, I found this an odd choice, and I'd like to know how this came about, but, uh, he's gonna do it, so if you watch Jeopardy, you'll see Aaron Rodgers on there, if you don't watch Jeopardy and you like Aaron Rodgers, then watch Jeopardy, so that'll be happening. Um, and then Jalen Hurts has changed his jersey number to number one. Just shows how full of himself he is. Uh, just kidding. Okay. To the National Basketball Association, uh, Joel Embiid returned from his injury. He scored 24 points. Uh, he had missed the last 10 games as he tries to get back in the MVP race. I personally don't think he left, but a lot of people do due to the injury. Um. 
Gordon Hayward will miss the next four weeks with a foot injury, so his foot problems uh, continue, which, you know, it's 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 unfortunate to see, but um, it's just how it goes sometimes. You know, he's he's had injury problems his whole career. He is an effective player when he's fully healthy, but it's just so rare anymore. Like, it really is a shame. Um, and then the last bit of news from the NBA that I had was uh, Kevin Durant is expected back this week. He's also missed a considerable amount of time for Brooklyn as they and the Sixers are in a pretty tight Pretty tight battle here for first in the East, that all-important one seed to clinch home courts. Uh, lastly, I'll, uh, I guess I'll touch on the MLB as, yeah. Um, Okie dokie, the MLB season has started, uh, there's been a brawl already between Spencer, your Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I didn't see the big deal, and maybe uh, you know, j- feel free, feel free to jump. I know you have a vow, but feel free to jump in if I say anything wrong here. But essentially, what happened was Nick Castellanos uh, slid into home ahead of this hag on the Cardinals pitcher attempted, and then kind of stood over him and flexed and yelled a manly yell because, you know, he's the man. He was safe at play, at, at home in the second game of the MLB season. So huge, you know, accomplishment. And, yeah, he's the, he's the man. So bow to him. So he stood over the pitcher, did that, and then uh, basically I guess offense was taken. I know Yadier Molina then came in who, you know, has a temper, and uh, so does Castellanos. He was fired up. So bench is cleared. You know, the usual uh, push and shoving match. It was um, it was really stupid. It's just funny how, to me, the Cincinnati Reds seem to be involved in a bench clean incident, in my opinion, like, once a month. Like, it's pretty incredible. They're just... It's, it's David Bell. He's, like, the worst manager ever, and he's a dick, and that, that's just what happens, I think. Um... Other news, uh, Josh Donaldson is sent, not Josh Donaldson, yeah, Josh Donaldson, sorry, of the Twins, yeah, he's on the Twins now, uh, he's going to the injured list uh, with a hamstring problem, and Brian Hayes, speaking of third baseman, uh, got evaluated for a wrist issue with the Pirates, he had to leave the game early, I was so depressed when I saw this, turns out the... Um, x-rays or whatever they did cats not a cat scan the whatever they did came back negative so it's good news uh but he'll likely be day to day hopefully more so than week to week and we'll wait and see his return to the lineup but good news ultimately that there was no like bone damage or structural damage or anything like that um Next, if you uh, if you follow the Chicago White Sox, um, whether that be watching their games or on Twitter or whatever, you'll notice that on opening day, they did the most bizarre thing ever. Now, opening day was on April Fool's Day. Let me preface this by saying that. So I don't know if this was an April Fool's Day joke or not. And I don't know how many people even like saw this, but I 
for the record, if this was an April Fool's joke, I thought it was definitely over the line. And if it wasn't, then they're so weird. They're just so weird and bizarre. But essentially, Eloy Jimenez started the year on the injured list. He's out. He, I think he, I forget exactly what's wrong with him, but he's on the injured list. And so what they had was they had a framed jersey of his in the dugout with a bunch of rose petals around it. And like, they tweeted a little heart that says, you're, you're always with us, Eloy. And literally, literally, and I thought, because this was my first thought as well, and I, again, I don't know if this was like the April Fool's joke or not, but everybody in the comments is like, wait, did, did Eloy Jimenez, like, pass? Like, why are you doing this? And, again, if it was a joke, I mean, you don't joke about death. Like, I think there's, there's a fine line there. Like, that crosses it. And, um... Yeah, it was it was just the most bizarre thing. And then they took this framed jersey out onto the field with them when they, for their opening day ceremonies. And I don't know, man. It was just... <laughs> I, I was so confused and just distraught. And that, what, a, what a weird-ass team the White Sox are. But in other White Sox news, and the reason I ultimately brought that up is Yerman Mercedes um, has started the year 8-for-8. Eight eight. Um which is the most consecutive hits to start a season by any player ever. Um, well, since 1900, they call it the modern era. So since 1900, eight for eight to start the year. That's pretty remarkable uh, to do at any point in the season, but to start the year especially, uh, good for him. So uh, he did, the streak did end. It's not a current streak. It ended in his ninth at bat. He flew out to center field. So um, he's a weird what? He's a 28-year-old rookie. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of weird. And he's actually only in the lineup because of Eloy Jimenez's injury. So, <laughs> it all comes full circle. There's a method to my madness. Um, and, uh, yeah. Pretty good for him, though, to set that. And I think, Spencer, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was it for... Ba- no, one more thing. One more thing. Um, the Mets and the and Francisco Lindor finally agreed to an extension. And my God, 10 years... $341 million for Francisco Lindor. I mean, you want to... Jesus Christ. I mean, look, I can't say he's not one of the best shortstops in the league because he is. In fact, he might be the best, him or Trey Turner, I would personally would say. But um, holy, I mean, that is a substantial amount of money. And it's not like the Mets can't afford it. I mean, they're the Mets. But, like, I was genuinely surprised um by that so that's all i had for baseball um unfortunately the cardinals are still going on so spencer did you want to break the vow and say anything did i miss anything or we just uh wrap it up there
Oh, you know what, Spencer? I know you didn't say anything, but I the the I, I think I just read your mind. Yes. Um so Jose Barrios had a no hitter going uh just yet just yesterday, actually. Um against the Milwaukee Brewers through six innings. And then Rocco Baldelli uh pulled him. And uh they ended up combining the Barrios and then three relievers ended up combining for a one hitter. Uh, they struck out seventeen batters. Uh, they didn't quite get the no hitter, but it just blows my mind. And I've noticed this. This isn't just this game. I've noticed this so far at the start of the season. Um, pitchers aren't going deep in games, and this is like every team. Like managers are pulling them pretty early. Like I know, um, what was it? I was watching the now I forget now I forget the team, but the pitcher had like sixty pitches through like four innings and then got pulled. And I'm just like, I get it's the start of the year, so you don't want to exert anyone too much this early. But like, if a dude has a no hitter through six innings, at least let him go out there for the seventh. Like his pitch count wasn't anything nuts, you know, like. I don't know. I totally disagree with that. I I think if I'm ever a manager in the MLB, which will never happen, but if I ever am in that situation, I'm certainly letting my guy no matter regardless of pitch count, I'm letting him go until he gives it up. Like if he has a no-hitter going, until you give up a hit, you're staying out there no matter what. Like let him let him try to earn it, you know? That really bothered me. And it's not just because he's on my fantasy team, although that that was that was a factor. That's why I ended up watching the game. But in general, like if a guy has a no hitter going, let him at least try to complete it. Like I, ugh, that bothers me so much. I don't know how. Like I know with baseball, especially, there's very much differing opinions on like everything, like every issue possible. Um. But that 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 for me is is one that I'm really passionate about. I just don't get it. Um, other people disagree. You know, that's how that's how it is, especially in baseball. But for me, it makes no sense. But um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else outside of the. We now have our national championship matchup, which will be played tonight. When you're listening to this, Monday. The 5th? Yeah, Monday the 5th. Baylor versus Gonzaga. This is Men's March Madness. Um, That's going down. That will be... They've been the two best teams all year, debatably. So, it should be a really good game. Gonzaga snuck by UCLA. um, In what was... People are saying it's the best tournament game ever. And those people, I think, are forgetting the Villanova-North Carolina championship game. Uh, which was a far better game, but it was a, an excellent game of basketball, very much back and forth, went to overtime, uh, UCLA really put up a good battle, the, UCLA, a team that was given a play-in game to get the tournament to begin with, was literally like 1.7 seconds away from getting to the national title game, so really, really good job by UCLA, really well done, um, they deserve all the credit in the world. And as for Gonzaga, their undefeated season, they're one game away. 
you know? So, uh, it's something to watch there. And then the Women's National Championship game is being played uh, today between Arizona and Stanford. Arizona, another lower seed that's had a tremendous run, much like UCLA. Um, I, I really don't give them a shot here. I really don't give them a chance. To me, Stanford's toughest matchup was Louisville, who they snuck by. And... Um, then they snuck by South Carolina. That was also a very good game, a one-point game there. Buzzer beater for Stanford. But Arizona just knocked off UConn. It's a great accomplishment, but I, I just don't see them doing it again and beating Stanford. I, I just don't. Um, but we'll know the winner of that by the time you're listening to this, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But March Madness for men's and women's, both uh, coming down to the wire here. It's been fun. It's nice to have it back for sure. And... uh I guess that will wrap up this episode of The Brett and Spencer Show, starring Brett and Spencer, here on Top Cheddar Sports. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, We should have the full squad back next week. So Vic, myself, and uh, Spencer will hopefully be able to break his vow of silence by then. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals, I mean, I would, I wouldn't hate seeing the Cardinals give up five runs every game for the next week, but as a Pirates fan, but you know, I, hopefully they won't. So, uh, we'll, we'll have a full squad back and, uh, we'll catch you in that one.